Hello Urbanist, Parksify is now releasing a weekly newsletter called Parksify Playbook, featuring exclusive interviews, urban planning news, and more. This insider's guide to all things urban planning is delivered to members' inboxes every Friday. In this week's playbook, we'll have an exclusive interview with Hazel Boris, Managing Principal at Placemakers, LLC. We'll also share why Google is getting into urban planning and how this has created a challenge for the city of Toronto. To read a sample and to sign up for the Parksify playbook, head over to Parksify.com. Hello, I'm Ash Blankenship, and this is the Parksify podcast, where each week I talk with planners, urbanist authors, and change makers in our cities to discuss topics that impact our communities. This week, I'm speaking with Dr. Patrick Dugan, Director of Institute of Performance, and Dr. Stuart Andrews, Senior Lecturer in Theater and Performance, both at the University of Surrey. I speak with Patrick and Stuart about their research project in New Orleans to study how arts and culture contribute to the resiliency of cities. While there's been a really big growth recently in significant international interest in questions of city resilience and the development of corresponding city resilience plans and strategies, there's not been a substantial study as yet that looks at the usefulness of artistic practice to those understandings of resilience that are being developed within a city. My conversation with Patrick Dugan and Stuart Andrews all ahead on this week's episode of the Proxify podcast. Hello, Patrick and Stuart. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So, Patrick, I would love to just jump in. So, um, this spring, the two of you are actually heading a research project with the theme of urban living in New Orleans to examine the relationships between local art and the performance in connection to the understandings of city resilience. So, Patrick, would you like to start us off by telling us more about this project? Sure. Um, So the the project arises out of a concern that Stuart and I had some time ago with disaster preparation simulations. And we got to mulling on how those things came about uh, and thinking through the implications of those simulations in relationship to performance studies, which is our home discipline. Um, That led us on to some further investigations where we then started to think about broader concerns arriving at the concern with city resilience that we have now. And one of the things that we um, sort of became aware of was that while there's been a really big growth recently in significant international interest in questions of city resilience and the development of corresponding city resilience plans and strategies, there's not been a substantial study as yet that looks at the usefulness of artistic practice to those understandings of resilience that are being developed within a city. And it felt like quite a big gap in the market, I suppose. So we're interested in the project to investigate how performance can contribute to and, I guess, reconfigure ideas and practices of city resilience. The the New Orleans project is a testing of a working model that we hope to roll out across a series of case study cities uh, over a longer period of time. Because of the international nature of New Orleans for us, we have to travel and that means that we can only be there for a given period of time. So it's a snapshot, I suppose. We'll then hope to expand that out to longer form engagements with different cities facing slightly different resilience challenges. Really what we're trying to do there is explore how artists engage uh, either implicitly or explicitly 
with ideas and practices around resilience um, and use the research to understand how resilience can be useful to understandings of contemporary performance, plurally defined and locally situated. So it's a dialogue between resilience thinking and resilience professionals and performance thinking and performance professionals and bringing those things together to explore how they can be put into conversation productively to understand the work that's going on within a given city in terms of performance, culture and art, but also how that practice can then be read back into resilience thinking usefully to influence city resilience planning in a given context. And very often the arts seem to be kind of undervalued in this um, uh, conversation um, and, and often they're thought of in a sort of applied sense. So uh, in the sense of how do we take an arts practice and apply it to a given context or a given situation to help fix that context in some way or ameliorate the pain of that context in some way. And what this project is looking to do really is to refigure that and to move away from an applied thinking and to look at work that's already happening in different cities and think through how that work is useful to this conversation from its embedded nature within a city. So we're looking, I suppose, to make a, a project that, that seeks to understand the vital contribution that uh, locally situated arts professional performance can make to that conversation. And then more broadly to illuminate the usefulness of resilience theory to understandings of contemporary performance happening in those cities. And you're actually both in Surrey in the UK. So why do this research in New Orleans? That's a very good question. Uh, partly um, because I find the city fascinating. I visited a number of times um, for other research work and um, personally because I have friends in the city. And it's a city that I, I suppose has been constantly beguiling for me for lots of different professional reasons. Um, not least because performance practice is, a, is, is an embedded practice within that city in lots of different ways, music through carnival. Uh, and the art scene there is um, very interesting to me. But it also occurred to me when I visited previously that, that the arts and culture are fundamental to the way that city understands itself uh, and that they've played a role in the city rethinking itself and recalibrating itself um, both in, in the years since Katrina, and that seemed a very useful starting point for us in terms of a what might be argued to be a post-crisis moment, given that Katrina was so long ago now, but then also to think about the way in which Katrina's legacy is playing out still today, and the way in which the geopolitical context in the US has shifted over the last few years, and the, the impact that that is having in the States and in that city at the moment. So. From my perspective, it felt like a really interesting case study in relationship to resilience. It's also one of Rockefeller's 100 Resilient Cities, and it's got a resilience commissioner, so it speaks to that side of our project in useful ways. And so it became a kind of uh, very neatly containable city for us to do a, a snapshot picture of as a pilot for the longer term project. And do you actually have any expectations regarding the results of the study? Um, I guess that's a kind of tricky uh, question at this stage because we're early in it and um, it might be an easier question to answer in April when we get back. But I suppose we can't really know what the answers are going to be now. Um, and it's not really about examining how, I suppose, city planning and policy making are for failing to account for local arts. I guess more positively, it's about trying to rethink performance in terms of, of resilience or to think about existing performance practices 
being in conversation with resilience. And so it's difficult to know what the expectations of it are at this point, other than to hope that it's a useful mode of um, re-articulating how a city thinks of itself in terms of, of resilience. That said, I think one of the things that's been really exciting up to this point has been the level of interest that we've had in the project, even though our initial results uh, haven't been published yet. Uh, we've been in conversation with a number of um, city councils in the UK. We've had interest from um, you know, resources like your own, and we've had a great response from contacts on the ground in New Orleans. So we're going to be in conversation with a lot of different people over the short period of time that we're there. So hopefully, by being facilitators of a conversation in that context, we might be able to get towards some interesting results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you just actually mentioned, too, that we're going to have a follow-up conversation in April. So I just want to let the listeners know that we will be reconvening again um, to talk about the results of the study. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, us too. Thank you. We'll return to my conversation with Patrick Dugan and Stuart Andrews in a moment. But first... For Parksify podcast listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. I highly recommend Jeff Speck's Walkable City, How Downtown Can Save America One Step at a Time. Speck discusses the benefits of walkability in our cities. It's a timely and thought-provoking book, and it's read by Jeff himself. You can download this or another book today for free by going to audibletrial.com Parksify. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Parksify for your free audiobook. So, Stuart, you're actually a senior lecturer in theater and performance. And as part of your research, you examine how artists make sense of place. So why do you believe art is important to the resiliency of our cities? Yes, uh, thank you very much. So I'm interested in <clears throat> how artists, I think we probably both are, are making sense of, uh, in this case, cities. Um, and that understanding is likely to be specific to an artist in a particular project. And we're interested, as Patrick mentioned, in uh, performance plurally defined. So a range of different practitioners making what may be very individual practice. Um, and this is about understanding uh, how the knowledge, how the awareness and the practice of resilience are, can actually be a critical element within our understanding of place. Um, and so we look as we're looking at plurally defined practices, arts practices, so we're also looking at plurally defined interpretations of place and bringing resilience into that understanding of place. You know, what are the daily practices by which one is resilient and how might an artist engage in those? It's probably one of the questions that we're facing. And in terms of resilience, we're aware it's a broad term, but actually we can start, and in this project, one of the things we're hoping to do is is to identify aspects of place uh, that artists are dealing with uh, in terms of resilience. So um, in some of my work previously, I've looked at uh, flooding and uh, an unease about flooding and a, and a sense of how one might respond to flooding. But we also might look at a raft of different resilient issues and I think one of the things that's critical about resilience is that there's a, such a range of issues um, I guess in my own work I'm particularly focusing on on uh, how those focus on place um, and that's why for me this work on cities is so exciting because it's a way of understanding quite a complex ecosystem or a number of ecosystems that come together um, one of the pieces that I wrote on recently, uh, Withdrawn, um, it was a, an art installation in Bristol, and it was created by an artist called Luke Jerram. And he installed 
five disused boats, some of them fishing boats, um, in some woodland quite high up on uh, in an area of, uh, called Lee Woods just outside Bristol. And that seemed to be quite an interesting work because he was taking uh, fishing boats, locating them in forests, suggesting that maybe there was some high tide that had risen to this high level of land. Um, and therefore being maybe a warning of climate change and what that might bring, but also starting to ask questions about what's it like to be out on the water, what's it like to be in woods? Both uh, and both of those are places in which uh, there's there's published evidence of people suffering loneliness in both of those places, and that started to suggest that what artists can do is reconfigure our understanding of an issue. And so, in that case, there's been an awful lot of work on the infrastructure uh, of climate change. You know, where do we build walls? How do we protect ourselves? Uh, how do we physically structure a city to be resilient to climate change? But actually, what that work suggested was that we might need to think about much more human, individual uh, understandings and experiences of place. And how might we prepare for those? How might we better prepare individuals to engage? Or how might, ultimately, how might individuals find their own way to be resilient within a place? So uh, I think what I, what I was particularly intrigued about with that work was that it wasn't saying this is how to be resilient, but it was asking us to think individually about how we might be living uh, in a time not too far from now. And I wonder if another, uh, it's Patrick again, I wonder if another example might be useful for your listeners here it, one of the things that occurred to us as we were thinking through this project was about the different ways in which different artists are implicitly engaging with, with resilience. Um, Stuart has talked about the last example and, and that being a way of people thinking ahead, thinking in terms of future resilience and thinking about the human impact of resilience challenges. Another artist called Stephen Hodge, who's based in the city of Exeter in the UK, did a project in 2013 and 14 called Where to Build the Walls that Protect Us, which was about taking communities from that city around the city on walks and talking to them about um, future flood risk and talking to them about how the city has developed over time. And then after a long form engagement with, with the city, bringing um, installation works into the center of that city and inviting people in physically to model future cities uh, and to put onto a model in clay uh, ideas that they had about how the city might imagine itself in the future. And that seemed to us to be thinking about um, how arts practice comes at these questions of resilience in oblique ways that perhaps haven't been thought through or embedded into a community in ways that, that the artist has ever thought of, but certainly in ways that the resilience professionals may not have thought of. Another example that's useful um, just while we're on it is after the Manchester bombings last year, um, the poet Tony Walsh um, re-performed a version of his um, poem, This Is The Place, which had originally been um, written and performed to celebrate Manchester and a charity in Manchester, and I suppose was a kind of um, celebration of that charity. He then re-performed it, I think it was the day after the bombing or, or, or the day after that, in the context of a gathering in the city centre and used this performance as a means of bringing a people who had been fractured and shocked by a terrorist attack together in the face of that shock, a way of cohering that community to be resilient in a sense. Um, and we found that interesting because it, it suggests another way of of artists engaging with these questions of resilience, even though they may not have thought of it. 
what's useful about this diversity of, of input is that it speaks to our different ways of engaging with the discipline and our different expertise. Um, I wonder, Stuart, if you might say a bit more about that. Yeah, that probably is useful because we do each have particular concerns that come together in this project. Mine, as you've alluded to, uh, uh, focus very much on place and how we understand uh, place. I, I'm interested in artists who interrupt places in which we may be familiar or unfamiliar and ask us to think differently about those places. Um, so I'm currently working on a book on performances in and about home in domestic dwellings. Uh, and there I'm looking at, you know, how can an artist take a particular dwelling and ask us to rethink what a dwelling might mean to particular people as a structure, um, as a particular architectural form. Uh, so, yeah, questioning the way in which we know the world at the moment and opening that up, suggesting that might be a, maybe a little more fragile, a little more open to interpretation and uh, enabling us to rethink the places in which we understand ourselves, I suppose. Whereas for you, Patrick, it's, you're coming different angle yeah so my research um principally has been about the intersection of, of performance as a means of understanding um context of trauma or crisis or post-conflict and looking at the way in which um performance as a professional practice opens up new understandings in those contexts but also seeks to explore how people are engaged in making performance practice in those contexts so it's not the same way of understanding a place, but I suppose it is similarly related to the way in which a community or a set of people will in some way think themselves through, through and with performance. And that seems useful in its difference to what Stuart does, but also there's a connection there that hopefully will rehearse positively in the, the, the New Orleans project. So uh, Stuart, are there any particular types of art that you feel are most beneficial to the resiliency of cities? I don't think so. I, and I think in this project, we're, I mean, Patrick talked about it being a project about conversations. We're interested in having conversations with arts practitioners doing all kinds of work in observing all kinds of work. Um, I think we'd, it's tempting to want to identify resilience art because that would be much easier. Uh, but actually, I think that runs the risk of limiting what's possible. Uh, but actually, we, we think that there are locally situated artists in particular places who are having very profound thoughts about resilience and expressing them in a range of ways. And they may or may not, uh, Patrick's probably said this already, they may or may not identify those specifically as resilience concerns. So actually, we're, we're very open to a raft of practices. Uh, and I think in being open to that raft, we're looking at how different artists are articulating uh, and engaging with resilience, both through the process of making the work and also through revealing what they're finding, revealing the artworks in some kind of sense. So um, I, I suppose we may be particularly interested in uh, opportunities to discover aspects of that process uh, and to discover the thoughts that the artists are having, but we're interested in quite a wide range. And I think probably um, it's it's important that resilient there's a breadth of arts practice associated with resilience as there is a breadth of definitions of uh, the resilience challenges that a, a city in this case might face. So Patrick, in April you're holding a symposium in New Orleans to discuss the findings from the study. Do you hope that by sharing these findings you'll be able to help city planners and policymakers improve their cities and to make them more resilient? 
It's a really good question. And it's one that I think is probably tricky to answer in any definitive terms at the moment. Um, I guess I'm hopeful that by sharing our findings, we will invite people that we haven't been able to meet into the conversation uh, and that will help to begin reframing understandings uh, of the place of the arts within uh, resilient planning. And that that might then engage city planners and policymakers in in a conversation about the arts more fundamentally than perhaps is happening now. And, you know, there's anecdotal evidence to suggest that sort of in situations and contexts of crisis, people organise themselves culturally as one of the first things that happens. I think one of the things that we've been struck by in the beginnings of this research is just how often resilience professionals and city planners, and I'm generalising for which apologies, don't really take account of cultural practice in the arts in being resilient and in managing resilience challenges. So I think we're hopeful that we'll have that kind of impact. Whether or not that happens with the single symposium in New Orleans, we don't know, Um, but it will be part of conversation and dialogue uh, in each city to engage different stakeholders. Um, If I might just say, uh, while we've got you, thanks for the plug for the symposium. It's on the 4th of April and will be happening at the Contemporary Arts Centre in uh, New Orleans. If anybody's interested in um, that symposium, in an attending and being part of the conversation, we'd really love to hear from them. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've all agreed to um, to reconvene here on the podcast following this symposium with that follow up episode. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking forward to that and hoping that we can kind of share some of this messaging around it and some of the outcome and the results of the study. That will be excellent. And I think that sense of we're interested in this being a conversation with a number of uh, people working in very different fields um, and ultimately in very different cities. I think we're, you know, we're starting and we have a sense of case study cities being a useful way of beginning this conversation. But actually, uh, we hope that it'll be used widely. Um, we're beginning to share some of these findings on a, we have a, a WordPress site, performingcityresilience.wordpress.com. Uh, do go and have a look at that if you're interested in this and do get in touch with us if this is a thing that you're engaged in varying ways. We'll be blogging throughout the New Orleans project. Uh, partly this is actually a way in which we're keen to work together because uh, we'll be aware that we'll be seeing and reflecting on things and we want to be able to share. So it's kind of a, a a, a blogged conversation uh, that we'll be having because I think a lot of this is 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 looking and looking longer than one might ordinarily do to try and understand what connections exist between practices that may seem disparate between artists and between artists and city resilient professionals and those working in other fields and we're hoping that the blog will help us kind of reveal that to ourselves as a, I think too often in academic work, the temptation is to want to hold everything and publish it at the end. And and here, I think we're very keen to have a conversation through the process uh, and then to publish d- drawing on that process. All right, Stuart and Patrick, it's been great speaking with you both and best of luck with your research. Thanks so much, Ash. Thank you very much. It's been very good to talk. That's all for this week's episode of the Parksify podcast. I'm Ash Blankenship, your host. I've been speaking with Patrick Dugan and Stuart Andrews, both from the University of Surrey. As a reminder, the Parksify podcast is funded by members, so if you're enjoying the podcast, consider becoming a member for just $5 a month. All funds go directly towards the podcast. You can sign up today by visiting Parksify.com. 
Our theme music was composed by bensound.com. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and consider leaving a review on iTunes so more folks can find Parksify. Until next time, keep chasing those public spaces.